Another week and another new winner. Christopher Bell returns to victory lane, and this is the most important stop of the day. Alongside Cole Cusimano, I'm Stephen Cusimano, and out of New Hampshire, Christopher Bell finally wins his first race of the year, and I think we can both agree, Cole, it was a long time coming for Christopher Bell, and you and I, and especially you, saw the writing on the wall. He was your pick to win, and I think we put a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets coming out of last week. One million percent, and it was like I said, I mean, he had four... National Series wins going into Loudoun. Finally got that elusive cup win there. Didn't take him very long to do so. But I thought it was actually a really good race. I think that this is going to be a great pickup for Christopher Bell because I think he put it best in his post-race interview in saying that they've had the speed all year. You could even make the case that they were are one of the better JGR cars through the entire season. Their results have not been there, though, and I think this will definitely get them back on track. And it, it's looking like that, that pit crew swap between the 23 and the 20 really paid off for both teams, actually, this weekend, because Bubba Wallace scored a third-place finish coming out of Loudoun. And that was a complete wild card. Let's look at the top 10 real quick. Christopher Bell winning. Chase Elliott had one of the best cars in that race as well and has his fourth straight top two finish. He's doing remarkable things with that nine team. And then Bubba Wallace, a, a top three finish. I personally, Cole, did not see this coming at all. Fourth was Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick, my pick to win, rounded out the top five. With Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, your sleeper, finishing 7th, Ross Chastain 8th, Daniel Suarez 9th, and Kurt Busch 10th. This is a top 10 that there are a few wild cards thrown in there, but for the most part, Cole, this race was as forecasted by us. We expected a strong day from Truex and some of the guys that haven't won yet. I mentioned Kevin Harvick, you mentioned Christopher Bell, we mentioned obviously it would be strong a day for Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain would be right there in the mix, and Brad Keselowski. I mean, it's, it's a very well, I guess predicted race by us but let's just start with Bubba Wallace unbelievable that he finished top three at this track and honestly I didn't really have much faith going in just because it's not one of his better tracks historically but I think you've seen from quite a few guys this year namely like Daniel Suarez Ross Chastain Chase Elliott this next gen car really levels the playing field and I think it allows anybody on any given week if you're in moderately good equipment to go out there and have a chance to win the race or score a top five finish. I mean, it, it cannot be understated how great of a race Truex ran. 172 laps led of 301. He looked like he was a shoe in to win this race. And honestly, we thought track position would be key. It was the most important thing in the world at this race specifically just because you could not get past the leader. It was a great race in general. I think that, you know, when you see a driver lead that many laps, you might just automatically assume it was boring. But... There was a lot of ebbs and flows in this race. It seemed like it was very tactful. There was a lot going on in terms of strategy from start to finish, and there was different cars that you were seeing enter the fold. I think Truex, obviously, like you said, ran the most consistent race, but seeing Chase Elliott kind of get progressively better throughout the day, along with Christopher Bell, who ended up closing it out and winning the race, it was fun to see all these different players involved, including those that didn't lead laps like Bubba Wallace, who went up in the top three, but it was a very fun race with a lot of different storylines, and Speaking of storylines, of course, the biggest one coming out of this race is the playoff picture. There's only two spots left up for grabs, and we're what? Is it six races away from the, the cutoff? So mm. are we going to see 16-plus winners before that? I think you look at the tracks on the circuit call, and I feel like the answer to that question very well may be yes. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you got two road courses coming up in, in Indianapolis and Watkins Glen, plus the regular season finale, which is Daytona. So I think... Those three races specifically can be won by anybody, and I, I think you have guys like Truex. He has the most stage wins of the year, not a single actual victory to his name in 2022. Ryan Blaney's also up there as far as stage wins are concerned, 
And then you, you got to start thinking about guys like Kevin Harvick, who's run really well as of late. Guys like that, even Bubba Wallace, can make a run at a win. So I think it's not out of the question at all to see 16-plus winners going into the postseason. And then this, the question becomes, do guys like Alex Bowman, who now is in 11th in the standings after getting a win early in the year, does he get knocked out? Does Chase Briscoe get pushed out? These are all questions that are going to be answered, I think, really, really soon. It's so interesting to even think about because when this format was first introduced, you never even thought about it. I mean, you kind of, in the back of your mind, maybe thought, like, what if there were 16 winners? But it was never very realistic. Now you actually start to maybe deal with that. And these guys that, like Austin Sindrick, when he won the Daytona 500, you just kind of assume you're locked in. And here we are, 20-some races later, and lo and behold, somebody that won a race might not make the playoffs, depending on how things shake out. As the standings are right now, Ryan Blaney is 105 points up, so you'd figure he would be pretty good to go as long as he doesn't have a few DNFs over the you know the stretch that ends the regular season. And then even solidly in 16th place right now, as far as the playoff points go, is the aforementioned Martin Truex Jr., who is up by 68 points. So a couple guys that have ran really solid seasons but have not won yet, which is surprising. And then beyond the cut line, you've got Kevin Harvick, the first man out, minus 68 and then there's a massive cutoff beyond that. Eric Almarola, 129 points back. Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, and Michael McDowell all within right around 200 points. And then you've got those others, like you mentioned, Bubba Wallace, Justin Haley, who could win at Daytona, who knows? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. thrown into that mix. A lot of guys even that are starting to run a little bit better and could luck into a win, like Cole Custer or Harrison Burton. It's going to be a very interesting next several weeks, and it's going to all start this upcoming week when we head to Pocono, a race that you're going to be at. But before we get to that point, Cole, thoughts on everything I just had to say, and uh, briefly we'll touch on Justin Allgaier winning in the Xfinity Series as well. Yeah, not much left to say on the playoff picture for the Cup Series, but as far as Xfinity is concerned, really, really happy to see Justin Allgaier keep winning these races. He's at number three on the season, so he's passed up A.J. Allmendinger, one behind Ty Gibbs, and he passed up his teammate as well, Noah Gregson. So, this is going to be a, a really fun run to watch going forward. I feel like his name's always thrown into the hat because of how consistent he is, and he's a veteran of the sport, and being that the championship's held at his best track in Phoenix. So there's a long way to go. I want to see him succeed, and it would be great to see him hoist the trophy at the end of the year, but we have a lot of racing to go. And before we move on completely from Loudon, I do want to introduce a new segment called the Memory Bank, because anytime we've got some on-track incidents like we've seen time and time again throughout the year and obviously throughout the sport— uh, there's certain drivers who file things back into the memory bank, and here with the theme of the money stop, it's important that we acknowledge what happened between Brad Keselowski and Austin Dillon, a couple of guys that were racing extremely aggressively this past week, and in general, Brad's a guy that's going to ruffle some feathers, but to be honest with you, Cole, I feel like he hasn't lately, and by lately, I mean the last few years, and that just might be to a lack of competitiveness, but I think when you start to mix in the fact that, that you know he is the team owner and it's going to be a little bit extra incentive, uh, or at least tensions hurt when it's his car and, and his inventory getting uh, put to waste, there might be a little bit of extra tension thrown in there. Oh, without a doubt. And I think another really underrated aspect of this whole incident and just this playoff run in general is the fact that Brad Kozlowski has never been in this position. He's never been 29th in the standings and out of a playoff spot come six to go in the regular season. I think we're going to see a more aggressive Brad Kozlowski like we did earlier in his career in the Cup Series. It's going to be interesting to see. I think this this uh, Austin Dillon thing is not done by any means. We have Richmond coming up, a couple of road courses, and, uh, you know, anything can happen at those places. A lot of bumpers get used up there. A lot of tempers flare up. So I think uh, you've got to pick a side. I think Brad Kostowski wins any day of the week. 
Well, he definitely did keep it in the memory bank, and that's something that's going to be interesting to watch going forward. Two of the guys who are, you know, looked at as a little bit more of the aggressive drivers in the sport, and so it'll be interesting, especially when you throw in the desperation of both of them needing to win a race. We'll see how it plays out, but heading on to Pocono, a race that last year, there were two of them. One of them won by Alex Bowman, if you remember. That was the one where Kyle Larson blew the tire on turn four, and Kyle Busch wound up second that day. Kyle Busch then won the other race with Kyle Larson finishing second. So those were kind of the two key players in both of those races. Brad Keselowski actually finished third at the last race at Pocono. He had a top 10 day for Kevin Harvick both times. He also finished fourth in the second race. And lo and behold, the last time we were there, Bubba Wallace with the top five. And he's coming off a top three finish this past week. Ryan Blaney with a strong day both times. He finished fifth and then sixth. Alex Bowman with top tens in addition to the win. He finished seventh at the second race. Ryan Priest thrown in there. Tyler Reddick finished ninth the last race. And then Joey Logano also rounded out the top 10 the last time we were there. And, you know, a couple of common names in both ends of the top 10s with Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and a lot of the same guys I was just naming. But I think that this is a race that more than anything, Cole, I'm, I'm very, and I've said this almost every week we've gone to a track that's new to the next-gen car. I'm excited to see how it plays out here because it, you just think about the speed that uh, Pocono brings to the table and the trickiness of the tricky triangle. I think it's going to make for a really, really fun race in a lot of different ways this week. I think so too. You have three different corners. You have these long straightaways. You're pushing almost 200 on the straights. Then you got to probably downshift in those corners. And I think it's going to be very challenging for these drivers. They're going to be very on edge as they've been with these, this next gen car. And I think this tricky triangle is going to be doubly tricky come Sunday. Well, as far as the top three in laps led both races, again, obviously the common theme was Kyle Busch, and this is uh, an Eminem sponsored race this week. So I think you can pretty much expect that Kyle Busch is going to be a player up front and one of the go-to guys in terms of picks this week. He led 60 laps uh, and even 30 in both races last year, which was by far the most of any driver. William Byron second. He ended up with 35 laps led last year, ended up third in the first race there last week and did not place in the top 10 the next time. Alex Bowman, who won that first race, wound up with 34 laps led. Stage winners were Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and William Byron. So a lot of the heavy hitters in the sport performed well here last year, and I expect it to be the same here again this year as well. One thing to note, uh, there were a few drivers that led laps in both races, and I mentioned Kyle Busch, obviously, and William Byron, Alex Bowman, but also Denny Hamlin and Michael McDowell led laps in both races, so something to keep an eye on there. And also, I think more importantly than that, Cole, when it comes to this next-gen car, there were three drivers that participated in the tire test back in May. Right, and that's going to be Kyle Busch, Eric Emerald, and Daniel Suarez, which I think all three are going to have a legitimate shot at contending for a, a win and a top-ten finish in this race. And, yeah, I think it was Eric Emerald, actually, who said that this is going to be a wild-card type of event. I don't think anybody knows what to expect. Maybe not even those three guys, because you, three guys is one thing, but you throw 36 others, and who knows what you're going to get, so... The odds makers feel the same way in terms of the Candyman. Odds per DraftKings pre-qualifying are Kyle Busch is the favorite at plus 700. Then you have a trio of drivers, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott valued at plus 800. And then rounding up that top five is going to be Ryan Blaney with plus 1,000. I think there's going to be a lot of parity like last year in terms of teams within the top 10. But I think the dominant cars are going to be more so like the Hendrick guys, the Gibbs guys, with a little bit of Stuart Haas and Team Penske thrown in there as well. But... I think 2311 is going to have a very strong race as well. Absolutely. That team is trending in the right direction as we get closer to the playoffs. And, you know, last year it was, again, predominantly the Gibbs cars and the Hendrick cars up front. Penske and, and Stuart Haas, the Fords, looking solid. 
But there really wasn't one single car dominating like the previous Pocono races from all those years past. 31 was the most laps led between both races, spanning 130 and 140 laps. And we can probably expect the same with this new car because that's been the case all year. It's been very competitive no matter what track. There really hasn't been too many races that have been dominated. Um, I really can't think of many off the top of my head. And Cole, I'm going to have to tend to agree with Vegas here. You can kind of see where I was going with kind of the leading up remarks. But Kyle Busch won and finished runner-up last year at Pocono. He's having a good 2022 season by most regards. And four total wins at this track all time. Second most of active drivers. 18 top 10s. Over 500 laps led. And going back to 2016, 12 races with four wins, 10 top 10s and 440 laps led. So not only has he stood the test of time here, but he's done it a lot recently. And this season, five straight finishes outside the top 10, which is my only reservation, Cole, because I said the exact same thing last week. I would normally feel pretty good about Kyle Busch at Loudoun. However, going into it, when you see that he had four straight races outside the top 10, you don't want to pick him. You want to stay away from him. And in our favor, that trend held true last week. And it makes for a pretty interesting kind of decision this week. If you do plan on betting on Kyle Busch, like I probably would think about doing that, it kind of strays away from our usual mentality and strategy of not picking a guy that has finished five straight races outside the top 10. I think for someone like Kyle Busch and, and guys like Ryan Blaney or William Byron, there are certain drivers where when they go on these cold stretches, you know they're going to break out at some point and either get break out of it with a win or a solid top five lap leading day. And I think Kyle Busch is definitely one to you feel comfortable in. Just because, as mentioned before, this is going to be the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. I think that Kyle Busch is going to feed into that. You're going to have all previous drivers across various generations of the sport who drove the M&M's car on hand as well. So I think this is going to be a big race for Mars and for Kyle Busch and Joe Gibbs Racing. I think he's a great one to bet. I also think his teammate, Denny Hamlin, has the tricky triangle figured out to a T. Six Pocono wins, which is the most among active drivers. Almost 800 laps led, just three shy, which is the most among active drivers as well. 21 top 10s and 11.1 average. Also want to mention he led laps in the last seven races there. As far as the season's concerned, last four weeks he has two top 10s. He's coming off the sixth place finish at Loudoun, and he led laps in all but one of those four races. So I think that Denny Hamlin's definitely picked it back up. And uh, he should be a pretty good pick for this weekend. But honestly, if you got to go with one Joe Gibbs driver, I, I, you got to go with Kyle Busch. All signs are pointing to Kyle Busch, really, except for what I pointed out with the five straight finishes outside the top 10. But another guy who we haven't talked a ton about just yet, Cole, but we're about to start to. Uh, I mentioned he had finished top 10 in both Pocono races last year. Also picked up his first career win here. That's Ryan Blaney, ranked among the best in the Pocono doubleheader last year. And at this track, 12 starts with a win, average finish of 11.4 and top 10s in half his starts there. Finished top six in both ends of the doubleheader. And this season, four top 10s over his last six races, so he's getting hot at the right time. 14 winners, and it's shocking that Ryan Blaney hasn't been one of them. Six races left until the cutoff. And again, I'm interested to see more than anything over the next several weeks. Being that he is over 100 above the cut line, maybe he races a little bit more conservatively. And it, it's weird to even consider points raising in this format, but... I think it's something that maybe you can keep an eye out for, but you, again, we've talked about it before. You look at the six tracks left on the circuit in the regular season. I think that even that 12 teams probably anticipating that there's going to be more winners below the cut line. And so I feel like they have to go out there and try to win every race, not points race, even despite being over 100 points to the good. And just a track that in the past, it has bode well for Ryan Blaney. In general, the last several weeks, he's been performing well. I think that Ryan Blaney is a guy that I'm definitely looking forward to putting on a good result this week. 
I think he's due for a good one as well. And if you remember, actually, back when he scored his first career win, he scored it at Pocono and just by outdriving Kyle Busch, the Candyman. So mm-hmm. who knows? Stranger things have happened. It could happen again this weekend. Another guy who I think could have had as good a weekend as Kyle Busch is the other Kyle, Kyle Larson, who ranked among the best drivers at Pocono last year. And he was one corner away from that win in the first doubleheader race, and then he would have finished runner-up in the second one. So, with that said, he has eight top tens and 14 starts at Pocono, an 11.4 average, and 116 laps led. And he's also riding a three-race top ten streak there. But more importantly, he's getting Cliff Daniels back this weekend. I think that's going to be a massive shot in the arm for that team. Even outside of that, he's been very consistent uh, without Cliff Daniels. So I think having him back on that pit box and having that presence on the team is going to be a really big race for Kyle Larson. Others to watch out for. It's kind of surprising that we haven't talked about Chase Elliott yet, considering four straight weeks inside the top two. He is easily the hottest driver in the sport right now. And you can just tell that he has an insatiable desire to win even despite the fact that he has you know finished runner-up and and is piling on the wins and leads all drivers and wins at this point still not satisfied this season two wins and runner-ups over the last four weeks only problem is at Pocono only one top 10 over his last five races there seven top 10s and 12 starts best finish of fourth which happened three times uh, and he defied past history at Loudon this past week I think that that's simply because he is the hottest driver in the sport I think he has, at this point in the year, a better grip on the next-gen car than anybody. And I think it's at a point right now that when it comes to this specific driver in Chase Elliott, you can throw the past results, at least in terms of the negative ones, out the window. I think that he is going to put up another really good result, even despite the fact that it's not going to be a track that has bode well for him, particularly well, at least before, for what he's used to. What about his teammates? I think these two guys are very big question marks, in my opinion, but they have potential to go out there and kind of snap this cold stretch they're in right now. They're both made a good fortune really badly at this point in time. Alex Bowman, three day and in the last four races. He's dropped to 11th in the standings. William Byron still only has five top tens this year after that really hot start, scoring two wins. So William Byron should be good as far as making the playoffs are concerned. From there, it's a matter of getting some momentum and carrying that into the playoffs. But Alex Bowman, he's one of those guys I mentioned earlier in the show. If we see 16-plus winners, he very well could drop out of the playoffs. Should we have more winners than 16? So I think he's a guy that could definitely right ship at Pocono, maybe even more so than William Byron, just because he finished top 10 both races last year with the win, with laps led in both those, and he's also riding a three-race top 10 streak there as well. As far as William Byron's concerned with Pocono, been one of his better tracks, five top 10s and a 9.1 average over the last eight starts there. So I think he's another guy that could also get back on track at Pocono. I think that whole Hendrick stable has potential to do very well there. But just something tells me that this is going to be a big Toyota race, whether it's 23-11 or Joe Gibbs Racing. I'm glad you brought up 23-11 because a perfect segue into one of the very sneaky drivers in this week's field, and that's Kurt Busch, coming off a top 10 day at Loudoun where he led 40 laps and had one of the better cars in that race. And it just feels like, I don't know if it's instinct or what exactly it may be, but it just feels like another win is coming for Kurt Busch. And you mentioned it at the very top, 23-11 is one of those teams that right now is trending in the right direction. They've been very, very fast as of late. And for Kurt Busch specifically at Pocono, 21 top 10s and nearly 600 laps led. That is over 41 starts there where he's got three wins. And going back to 2018, well, that's eight races. He's only finished in the top 10 twice. But I think that this year, honestly, it very well may be a top 10 day for Kurt Busch and, and possibly a win, to be honest with you. But the guy I picked last week on the kind of flip side of that coin Someone who needs to win, Kevin Harvick, riding a five-race top 10 streak at Pocono with the win in 2020. And over his career at the Tricky Triangle, 22 top 10s, most among all drivers, 277 laps led. 
and an average finish just inside the top 12. Longest active top 10 streak at Pocono, which is the five races. In this season, four top 10s over the last five races. I can kind of see it, and this is why I picked him last week, Cole. You can definitely just kind of start to see he's picking it up. The desperation is kicking in, and that team as a collective knows it's got to put some good results out there. Fifth at Loudoun. Needs a big playoff day in terms of it, whether it's a points day, a win. I think, to be honest, even though he hasn't really been contending too much for wins this year, I feel like there's one coming for Kevin Harvick in the next few weeks, and the tricky triangle poses a very good opportunity for him. No, I agree. And honestly, I feel like it's going to be a former champion and a seasoned veteran that gets done this weekend at Pocono, just because it is really such a tricky track, and I think that it being such a wild card, I think you're going to have to be a very experienced driver, and Kevin Harvick... He's had inklings of himself over the past few weeks. You can tell he's very hungry, very determined to win. He had the pit crew change not too long ago as well, which has definitely paid off in a big way for him. So I think that Kevin Harvick should be in line for another big day, coming off a really big one at Loudon as well. He was a top five car the entire day. Definitely could have won that thing if he had some clean air. And what about Daniel Suarez? He was one of three to test at Pocono with that next-gen car, and obviously we think that's going to be very advantageous for him. And this season, riding a three-race top 10 streak, he's already got the win, and I think that He's racing with maybe a little bit less to lose than some drivers because he does have the win. And uh, a Daniel Suarez that's driving confidently is one of the best drivers in the sport, in my opinion. And he has a runner-up finish at Pocono in 2018 with Joe Gibbs Racing. And I think you can argue that right now, he's in better shoes than he was back then when he was with JGR. Three top 10s and 10 total starts there, which doesn't exactly bode well. But for a guy that, again, is driving with confidence, I think that's something that's very exciting uh, to see what Daniel Suarez may put on the board this week. But Cole value picks this week. What do we got? Let's kick it off with Bad Brad. Brad Keselowski. He's looked like a different driver over the past couple weeks. Driving with purpose. Multiple rallies inside the top 10 at Loudon this past weekend. And I think, as mentioned, I think the biggest thing for me with Brad Keselowski going into these final six regular season events is that we have not seen Keselowski this, this down in the points. 29th. Um, he's back up against the wall. And I don't think he's going to settle for that. His first year as a team owner and with uh, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. So, with that said... As far as the season's concerned, he's had a top 10 car the last two weeks, scored his best finish of the season last week at Loudoun, which was 7th, and Pocono finished top 10 in both races last year, with most laps led in the second race, and he was third, actually, in the second race as well. Also, all-time at Pocono, one win, a 63% top 10 rate, which is the best among active drivers, 227 laps led, a 10.6 average, and only one DNF in 24 starts. So I think Brad Kozlowski... Could be another really good value pick going into Pocono, Pennsylvania. Another guy that I think should be at a really good value this week for DFS is going to be Eric Jones. And I think similarly to Darlington, but maybe not as dominant, he's been silently very, very good at Pocono. Six top 10s and 10 starts with a runner-up in 2019. The only spin is that his best finish last year in the, that doubleheader was 22nd. So maybe keep an eye on that, but I think regardless, I, uh, as long as the no stays clean for Eric Jones, he should have a pretty solid day at Pocono. Yeah, I think this could be, a, in a lot of regards, a kind of a chaotic race. And if it is one of those, Eric Jones is a guy that always seems to avoid the chaos and, like you said, keep the nose clean. So I think if it does wind up being a race that plays out like that, he's got a pretty good shot to finish in the top 10 and could be a good value in that regard. But Bubba Wallace, it's hard to even look at him at this point as a value pick because of how well he has run, but put up his best performance of his career at Loudoun with the top three. A track that, again, he normally struggles at, and I will be totally upfront. I did not see that coming, but in general, Toyota and 2311 have looked really fast lately. At Pocono, he's looking to score his uh, best career finish like he did last week at Loudoun. Last time he was there, though, remember, he led laps at Pocono, and he finished in the top five. So it could be a perfect storm for Bubba Wallace, a guy who needs to win his way in. 
as does Eric Almirola. He was the other driver to last participate in the tire test, which I think is going to loom large. We've seen it time and time again, Cole, not even just with the tire test this year with the next-gen car, but the guys who are putting extra laps on themselves uh, racing in the Xfinity series, the truck series, the day before, it always goes to a good purpose. And I think that this is definitely going to be the case for Eric Almirola because he won right around this time last year. I think you're going to start seeing, you know, the rumors are creeping back up that maybe he'll return next year. I think that Eric Amarola is getting very hungry for a win, and it seems like there could be some good things in the works for him. Second most laps led over the last four races, by the way, at Pocono, if you can believe that, with 65 and a 10th place average finish in that span. So Eric Amarola could be a very, very sneaky pick this week. I completely agree. And I think in reference to Bubba Wallace, one of my favorite values for this weekend, not my big money pick, but it's definitely one of my favorite ones for sure, is Bubba Wallace plus 110 for a top 10 finish. That's a phenomenal value, especially coming off his career best performance at Loudoun. I would definitely put some money on that to win if I were you guys. And honestly, plus 3000 to win the race, I don't think it's out of the question. If you want to throw like five bucks in there, why not? Let it roll. But on the top 10 bets, I'm going to show my cards here early, but my, my big money pick of the weekend is going to belong to Cole Custer. And that reason being is he's looked like a borderline top 10 car the last few weeks. The results may not have been there. He did score his first top 10, though, at Atlanta. But speed's there. Results not so much. He's running double duty this weekend at Pocono. Also, really, really good success here in the developmental series. So in three Xfinity starts, no finish lower than seventh. Laps led in all three of those events and a win. Plus one truck start with a fifth place finish in that time. And his Cup Series best at Pocono is 16th in his uh, very young career in the Cup Series. But what I was getting at was Cole Custard scored a top 10 plus... 900 going into this race that seems like highway robbery i mean i don't know how you don't jump on that like after listening to that little monologue you just had you've got me convinced and i don't i don't see any way i mean of course there's there's a possibility he doesn't finish in the top 10 and, and at plus 900 it's obviously not favorable to happen according to vegas but writing is on the wall i definitely think that that is a very good big money pick by you and another one that's been kind of raking in some of these big money picks for us cole Michael McDowell, we've picked him uh, to finish in the top 10 uh, on some occasions over the last few weeks, and it has paid off handsomely. And he is one of the few drivers, like I mentioned before, to lead laps in both Pocono races last year. And he finished eighth there in 2020. And he's just been a guy that's been very reliable and having a career season. I think that he's still very undervalued by Vegas. We've seen him, like even on days where he doesn't finish in the top 10, he's still running in there. And I think that it could be a sneaky good day for Michael McDowell as well with the season that he's already having. But other drivers running double duty call that are good to consider because we mentioned the tire test guys, but there are several others that, like Cole Custer, that are also going to be running double duty this weekend. Well, of course, you had the Xfinity regular Noah Gregson, who's running the 16 car for college racing in the Cup Series. This will be his eighth Cup start. His best finish in Cup so far is 18th. And as far as Pocono is concerned, two top 10s and three starts in the Xfinity Series. So, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of confidence Noah this weekend because this is a very tricky track. It is still the next-gen car. It's only his eighth cup start. And I just think that, like I said, I think it's going to be a veteran that gets, gets it done this weekend and probably a former champion. Other guy who is running double duty and definitely needs it is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And that's because he has not one single top 10 in 18 starts in his cup career at Pocono, which actually surprised me. But um, I would stay far away from Noah Gregson, Stenhouse. Cole Custer, though, I would definitely feel comfortable putting in my DFS lineup just because... He is usually in that, like, $5,500 to $6,000 range, which is really, really good. It gives you a lot of room to work with other big-name drivers, more expensive drivers. And um, 
I just think his prior success and the double duty he's going to be running this weekend is going to add up to a, a solid top 10 day for him. Well, what about other big money picks? I like that you mentioned Cole Custer plus 900 because that's a really good one. And it's crazy to think he's even valued below drivers like he's even with Michael McDowell, who's also plus 900 to finish in the top 10. But there's a huge jump uh, from Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Austin Dillon as far as the prop bets go to finish in the top 10. They're both valued at plus 350. And then the next driver in that lineup would be Cole Custer and Michael McDowell. But there's a lot of uh, good values here. Um, and I want to hear some more of your thoughts. But as far as drivers to finish in the top five, I kind of like Kevin Harvick again. And I picked him a couple weeks ago as the big money pick. But plus 140 to finish in the top 10 at a track that he has really good history at. He's been running in the top five. He had a borderline winning car last week. He knows he needs to win along with that entire four team. I like Kevin Harvick to finish in the top five at plus 140. And I'm just trying to look through some of these other ones, Cole. I definitely like Cole Custer to finish in the top 10, like you mentioned. But how about, I mean, there's some other ones that are really enticing, like Eric Amarola plus 150 to be in the top 10. When you look at his past here and the role he's on, um, there's some pretty good ones. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I think for the same value, Brad Kozlowski at plus 150 is a good one too, but uh, maybe have a bit more confidence in Eric Amarola just given he did the tire test here. And also, Daniel Suarez as plus 110 also did the tire test here. For a top 10, that'd be a really, really good one as well. So for my top 10s, I think my favorites are going to be, I like Cole Custer, Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez, Eric Amarola. But you mentioned the top fives, and this one's really interesting because... Mm-hmm. There is not one single driver, even the favorite Kyle Busch, where the odds are below even. So Kyle Busch mm-hmm. is the favorite going into this race. He's plus 100 for a top five, which I think is pretty much a lock. So if you want to put a large bet on that or parlay with a different sports money line, that one could pay off in a big way for you. Um, I like that one as a, as a safe bet. I think it's almost, like I said, a guarantee. And, and he hasn't finished top five or top 10 in the last five weeks. But, I mean, we're putting a lot of eggs in that basket, and I think... Again, every slump has to end at some point. It's Kyle Busch. I think it's going to happen this week. I completely agree. And I mean, some other names sticking out to me. I like Kyle Larson at plus 120 for a top five. Ryan Blaney plus 140 for a top five. But honestly, if you look at any of those like top five drivers in the odds for DraftKings, if you bet any of those for a top five finish, I think I'd feel pretty comfortable. Pretty much. I mean, any of those guys that we mentioned that were favorites coming into this week, again, with them all being above even as far as the the payout goes for these to finish in the top five. Well, surprising. Even with Kyle Busch plus 200 to be in the top three, I think I like that a lot too. And one sneaky one, I'll throw just kind of a wild card, the top five big money picks. Um, That would be Bubba Wallace at plus 400. Again, finished top five last week, finished top five here last year. He's on probably the best summer stretch of his career. I think Bubba Wallace at plus 400 to be in the top five is a really solid pick this week. I like that one a lot too. I I think both him and Kurt Busch are going to have really big days. They ran very well loud, and they've run very well during these summer months so far. Kurt Busch, plus 250 for a top five finish. That's also a really good one, I think. Now for the fun part, Cole. Let's get into our picks. Uh, Last week, we both had very successful picks. I picked uh, Kevin Harvick, and I went first, which means it'll be your go this week. We both picked, I think you could argue, two of the best drivers in the race. Um, And even though neither of us picked Martin Truex Jr., we were both on board with the fact that we thought he had as good a shot as anyone. And I think both you and I were surprised at each other for not picking him to win. So we did very good with the winner picks last week. Uh, and I'm interested to see how things go this week. I think I already kind of get a sense for where you're going to go with yours. But without further ado, you are first. So what are you going with? I will not say his name three times, but I'm going to go with the Candyman. Kyle Busch gets done in Pocono for the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. Like I said, I think he's going to feed into that whole atmosphere. 
These are situations where he thrives. He was the class of the field last year at Pocono in that doubleheader. 30 laps led in each of those events, first and second, and I think he gets another one this Sunday. As far as my sleeper goes, it's going to be Chase Briscoe and down on DraftKings for us. I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez, just because I think that, first of all, I don't know how he's that far down in the in the odds, but uh, I think him having the, uh, the experience at the tire test is going to be very advantageous for him, for betters, and I think he's going to have a nice, solid, I think, close to a top 10 day. Well, for my winner, I'm going to do something I don't do very often. I'm not going back-to-back, but I think it was two weeks ago I picked Ryan Blaney to win, and I just, it's not sitting right with me. He hasn't won a race yet. Again, it's a track that he has good fortune at. He got his first win here. I think all eyes are on Kyle Busch as the favorite, and I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw in that day in 2017 when he won his first career race. I think Ryan Blaney ends up in victory lane. I think Kyle Larson is going to be strong. I think Kyle Busch is going to be strong, but... I think Blaney's day is coming. I think, again, I don't think there's any sense of security, even though he's over 100 points up. That team knows that they need to win a race. They know that there's going to be other drivers outside the cut line that are going to win. And so I'm going to go with Blaney this week, and my sleeper is going to be Bubba Wallace. I just look at what he's done recently. I look at what he's done uh, last time at Pocono, and he's valued at plus 3,000, the same as your sleeper was, Cole. So I'm going to go with him. And Ryan Blaney is at plus 1,000 to win the race. So not only are those my two picks, uh, but I think that they're also good values. I like what you said there. Those three names, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, those would be my three guys that I'm gravitating towards to be the favorites for the win in this race. I think those are three guys that I would definitely put some money on for a race winner bet, top five bets, you name it. Those are going to be great picks. And also, Bubba Wallace for a top 10 plus 110, plus 400 for a top five, plus 3,000 for a win. All really, really good odds. I think he could, he's going to have a really good day, too. And one guy that, before we sign off, I just want to also mention, I think that you mentioned those three drivers, the Kyles and the Blaney. I think that also Denny Hamlin's in this mix. I think I, I expect a very strong day out of Denny Hamlin as well. And haven't said his name much, but I think he has a very strong day at Pocono. Without further ado, though, that is going to do it for this week's edition of The Money Stop. We're going to drop the jack. And per usual, want to remind you to... Definitely stay tuned to social media at the underscore money stop when we'll take a look at some of our favorite paint schemes of the week with our nickel or dime segment. And also, um, again, you're not going to want to miss qualifying because that has been instrumental to betting success all season long. It's going to be the same case again at Pocono. Qualifying will be Saturday at 3 o'clock. The race about 24 hours later, 3 o'clock Eastern time on USA Network and MRN, the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. Pocono, it's going to be a very fun addition with this uh, next-gen car, and I'm very excited to see how it plays out. But anyway, I will drop the jack, take it to the bank. You heard it here first on The Money Stop. For Cole Cusimano, I'm Steven Cusimano, and we'll see you next week.